Welcome back to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast where we discuss topics of life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. I am back with our co-hosts, David Robinson and Byron Burton, and we have just completed a four-part series on our mission and key values, and today we are starting a new series discussing biblical care and counseling and where the place of counseling is within the church. Hello, gentlemen. Good day, eh? That was very Canadian of you, Byron. <laughs> That's all about Valley. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had a sound, like a Canadian sound. What would that be? Would that be like a you, goose or? Byron just did it. <laughs> Byron. We could record e. Byron. We should record Byron saying A and then day, eh? drop in some A's. Um, when I was going to school in the States, I don't know if you experienced this when you were going to school in the States, David, but when I would say A, uh, my friends would be like B, C, they'd yeah. continue down the line. No, well, I, I noticed at least where I went to school, they said, huh. A lot. Huh? Like I oh, went yeah. A and they yeah. went, huh? huh? So I would bug them on the huh. I was like, didn't your mother teach you manners? <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, and then they always asked me to say out and about. Out and about? Yeah, they found that very funny, apparently, yeah. or strange. Yeah, they say Canadians pronounce it differently than Americans across the board. Yeah, yeah I would always respond with like an exaggerated... Um, oot in a boot. They'd be like, do you really say it like that? Like, all the time. A. 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 Well, biblical counseling, A. Yes. Biblical counseling, biblical care. So good. Now, this is something that is uh, is near and dear to all of our hearts, but I would say in particular, Mr. Mr. Robinson over here, um, this is uh, this is a big part of, of what you do as a pastor, and I know I didn't put this in the script, but do you do you want to just take a moment and kind of talk about maybe your journey with biblical counseling and then um, what you're involved in today, not just with the church, but with other churches as well? Yeah. When I began almost 26 years ago, 27 years ago, I I was not equipped to care for um, people uh, individually. Um, I was trained well, I think, um, no, I was for pulpit Mm. and to care for people from the pulpit. Um, but to sit one-on-one with people with unique, um, circumstances and hurt, Mm -hmm. um, I just, I wasn't there. And and part of it might've been my age, when I started, I was 25, 26, so part of it was, I think, my youth. But part of it was, um, I, I just, the, the issues were complex, marriages were complex, and uh, even, I, I just didn't even have a place to start. Yeah. I didn't even have a place to start with, with them, uh, a gospel conversation, or how to, how to listen well mm-hmm. um, and truthfully. Uh, to to what they were saying, what people were saying. So, <laughs> excuse me. I um, I just began to take some courses, uh, distance courses at ccef.org. 
Now this um, is back before the internet. This is so. Uh, well, not. Okay. Were you were you mailing stuff in? Um, that is or, a good. No, I think we were we were able to do things over the internet, oh, but it took a little longer. Okay, yeah, it yeah. Definitely wasn't video. Dial up. Um, yeah. So, um, and they've had a profound influence. Men mm-hmm. like uh, David Paulison and yeah. Ed Welch and others, uh, and they and and the book that um, really help me begin the journey in biblical counseling is instruments in the redeemer's hand um by paulus is it paul that's I, by trip is that trip? Can, yeah it's trip um, you did assign it to us in your class yeah so, yeah. so evidently a huge impact if i remember <laughs> the author um and and it it taught me how to sit with people um and and a process to go through it's not the only process but it's such a it was such a beginning um, where it opened my eyes to say, I, I can sit and have difficult conversations with people. And um, I may not even be the lead on it, but, and if they have to go and see someone else, I can still journey with them because I can be part of that, that conversation and part of that, that sometimes sanctification journey. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're suffering. Sometimes people think biblical counseling, so we just deal with sin and salvation, but or spirituality. But it's not. I mean, some we we run into life issues. Um, sometimes people are searching. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people are struggling with their sin and temptation, and sometimes people just live in the brokenness of this world, um, where we come alongside of maybe them seeing professionals, but we can still journey with them in their brokenness. Anyway, that's, that's been um, a heart. That's been part of my heart is because once you begin to um, go down this path, it also impacts your preaching, right? Because the people that you meet during the week, you, it's not that you preach at them at all, but it's, it's, you begin to understand their struggle more personally. And I said to people, that's why, um, visitation of pastors and pastors seeing people in their studies and just going with them through the difficult times. It's like reading a book in the sense where you're learning so much about Christian life and about struggles and you're not disconnected from, you're just among the, the um, God's people. And, and you, it, it impacts, I think you become more personal in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, you become, you, 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 what you do in biblical counseling, you begin to do in the pulpit in the sense where preaching isn't just a statement or a declaration, although it is, but it's a journeying with people. So as you journey with people in, uh, in a biblical counseling session, you journey with people in the pulpit, and it slows some of your preaching and your demands down, um, and you, you're able to journey with people where they're at. Um, and understand sanctification and and just brokenness mm-hmm. more, I think. And then finally, that's just led to a number of opportunities to um, develop and and teach uh, biblical counseling at Heritage College and Seminary. Yeah. Uh, we offer a biblical counseling graduate level biblical counseling certificate. Um, also able to be part of the um, the Coalition of Biblical Care and Counseling, Canadian Coalition of Biblical Care and Counseling. Uh, which seeks to just promote biblical care and counseling in Canada. So we're thankful that we, we see a lot of, not we hear from a lot of people just desiring biblical care. Um, and that's not to, that, that's just, that's, that's a moment of thanksgiving that 
um, we recognize how much the Bible cares for us in our brokenness. And you and I were just talking about this even earlier today, just the interest that it's like this, almost like this new interest that the church is like has in biblical counseling in today's day and age. Um, and just the need that there is for church leaders to be trained and to, and to get involved and just to be willing to sit down and have those difficult conversations and Absolutely. they're not all difficult conversations. Yeah. Some of them are more difficult than others, but the just journey with people as, as you said. So that's why I think something yeah. like the, you know, like the graduate certificate you guys are involved in is, is so good. And the, um, coalition. Yeah. Yeah. So some yeah, good stuff going on there. I mean, there's, there's stuff going, the biblical counseling going on in the States and even in Quebec, Quebec's yeah. doing a fantastic job in places in Europe. Um, and we've just been a little slower in Canada. So we mm-hmm. have this opportunity to, to, to promote and, and to see some of the, like people hunger for, for biblical care and for biblical counseling um, and, and wanting to, uh, and wanting the church to care well. And I think part of this is the, the more our culture grows away from God and from scripture, the more hurt and the more needs there are. We, the church can just no longer ignore the needs um, within the church, the local church itself, but also within within society and within culture. Now, you did your undergrad, though, in psychology. I did. Part of it. Yep. So what was different from what you learned there? Like, what did, what did your training through CCF prepare you for better, I guess, yeah. than, your, than your undergrad? Yeah. Sorry, Byron. Do you want to say anything at this point? No, I'm just listening. I'm good. (laughs) Jump in, Byron. I'm just, I'm going completely off script, by the way, but we'll we'll get back to it. I would say, um, I I would say that the value of my psychology degree was first to be able to understand their language and, um, and understand, um, in, in many ways, a lot of value can come out of psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and this is for me personally, because if a Christian wants to go into psychology, I'm all for that. Right. I need Christian psychologists. I, I yeah. never, I never want to discourage that. Some people are built that way. Some people, um, are, are happy to serve that way. But, um, the way that the Lord worked in my heart, and I think this was in part to bring me into ministry was I just grew dissatisfied and maybe even a little disillusioned because there's all these models or theories. Um, so it's not, it doesn't, it, you know, like in, in, in a lot of things that seem to oversell itself and, and there, there's still a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of questions, um, mm. you know, and, and then you look back on Freud and others and now, you know, so, so there's all these discussions going on and you go into it and you think, okay, there's answers and there are certain answers and yeah. there are certain ways that they come to answers, but it, it is not as clear right. um, as, as we might think it is. So um, that I, I just grew probably frustrated was the word that's personal. That's not others. I'm, I'm saying others can go into psychology and not have the same response that I did. But I grew frustrated, and I just found um, an opportunity with biblical counseling and ultimately with um, becoming a pastor, a freedom to, um, to express freely mm-hmm. uh, the ultimate answer. So as much as I want to see marriages 
reconciled, even more I desire to see um, those, uh, their hearts drawn to the gospel. Yeah. And Amen. the gospel, when we're driven to Christ, um, and when we have the solid, sufficient, clear truth of Scripture, um, you just, there, there's a deeper answer. There's, there's a more clear understanding of what this world is all about. And mm. it, it cuts through a lot of that. Um, so worldview and psychology versus world, uh, worldview from Scripture was, was a big motivator for me to not only um, go into to preaching to be a pastor, but also to, um, to study more biblical counseling and, and see how the, the Bible, um, like for example, one of the examples I use in, in the class is, like, does the Bible um, speak about eating disorders? And we might say, well, the Bible speaks a lot about food, but not necessarily about eating disorders. Right. Um, but if we talk to someone who's gone through an eating disorder, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to belittle this at all, because sometimes when people think, oh, so you're talking about um, eating disorders and the Bible, <laughs> yeah. so you don't really understand eating disorders. And I'm, I'm trying, I, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that often what you find in our in people's hearts mm-hmm. and in people's emotions and thoughts um, who are struggling with an eating disorder, you will find those thoughts and emotions and battles used in the Bible. Mm-hmm. For example, some of it might be fear. Um, you think of even just of cutting and, and what goes on when someone cuts or mm-hmm. um, all those behind the scenes um, emotions and and even for for a Christian, an understanding of God, um, the Bible addresses so much of what goes on um, behind the scenes in our hearts that drives us to certain behaviors. So it doesn't mean that we we do that alone. Um, obviously, professionals um, are, are 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 valuable. Um, but what's happened is. The church has been taught that the Bible deals with spiritual matters, but not with emotional or um, mental health issues. Um, and, and very much uh, a lot of our spiritual help, health determines our, our mental health. Like I, I think even in a, in a psalm like Psalm 55, you have this perfect um, description of um, an anxiety attack. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, well, what, how, when, when people go through an anxiety attack, it's one of the most difficult things for them to, to hear or to, to explain. It was like, okay, I, I was, and you can't quite grasp it. They don't know what's taken place. And in Psalm 55 verses four and five, my heart shudders within me, terrors of death swept over me, fear and trembling grip me, horror has overwhelmed me. And then if you were to go on reading in verses six uh, through eight, it's the exact response that people have, many people have when they go through an anxiety attack. They just, um, if only I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and find rest. They, if they could just somehow escape this anxiety, and just find a place of rest. Their ultimate prayer is, I just want to be like a bird, fly away and just get away from it all and find some sort of rest somewhere out there. Yeah. So. Um, when, and, and, you know, we can talk, I mean, the Bible has all sorts of things to say about relationship, um, our sexuality, um, gender, all of this. So 
the for um, personal pastoral and biblical care has been removed from the church probably for the last hundred plus years. And now there's a resurgence that maybe the Bible does have things to say. Maybe pointing people to Christ yes. is a place of rest for those who are struggling with eating disorders or cutting or depression or um, anxiety attacks mm-hmm. or whatever else it might be. Even someone who struggles with schizophrenia, um, you know, and, and biblical counseling takes medication very seriously. But the spiritual comfort to someone who struggles with, with schizophrenia becomes so important um, yeah. for their part of their journey. But we say, well, we need to hand that over to the professionals. And, but the church within community um, can journey with someone who struggles with schizophrenia and, and be a compassionate companion along the way. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, why would maybe, Byron, you can, you can answer this one, but we, we've kind of answered a few of the questions, which is, which is perfect. So, um, but why would, why would biblical counseling be so important, do you think, for the church today? I guess the thing that occurs is that if we're honest, we have issues, challenges, whether in relationships or, or worldview or mm-hmm. outlook or dealing with maybe a death or a situation, etc. And for so long, it seemed that so many were teaching, well, if you're a Christian, you won't have this problem. Right. And if you're really following the Lord, well, everything's hunky-dory. And you think, oh, yeah, really? Hmm. I guess it doesn't work that way for me. Um, I think if people can be honest and say, yes, I believe, but there are struggles and difficulties and issues in life that do not simply disappear, can I talk about them? Does the Bible have something to say to them? And again, it may not be quoting chapter and verses, here's your solution, but exploring what are these issues? What are these personal things? What are these emotions that God has created in us as part of us that we want to honor him with? Um, mm. How do we do that? Well, biblical counseling helps us think through things with somebody else. We're not just left on our own. It's not even just us and our Bible, but it's the body helping each other. Yeah. And David, you, um, you had described... In, in sharing with us what biblical counseling was um, or is, how would, you def- how would you describe biblical counseling if somebody just came up to you and they, they said, give me, give me an answer in <laughs> you know, 15 words or 20 words or whatever it is, but how would you describe biblical counseling in the elevator as you're talking with somebody who asks you <laughs> on the way up or the way down? Yeah. I would, I would say two things. I would say, first of all, um, the gospel itself mm-hmm. is far more expansive and um, speaks to far more areas of our life than we, than, we, um, than we can imagine. So we can think of the gospel as, and I know this is going to be like a long elevator ride. That's okay. So <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you're, you're going up I the can, Empire my, State exactly. Building from the bottom to the top. So I got some time here. Yep. Um, so uh, the, the, we think the gospel saves us and then brings us to glory. Um, but the gospel is part of our everyday life and influences our everyday life. So um, that's to say that 
uh, living within the the world, the Christian worldview, um, and the gospel. The gospel um, speaks into very broken people, and I love what Byron said because biblical counseling actually frees people up to to be honest and mm-hmm. to, to have those gospel conversations. If if we don't have biblical counseling. I love it. You're so right. It's like, okay, I, I have to be that perfect Christian. Yeah. And the gospel says, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to get it right. I'm, I am going to suffer from depression. And that doesn't mean that the Lord's left me. It means that the Lord has given me a lot of comfort in scripture to journey with me and, and given me the body of Christ. Um, so um, I think as we're reaching the top of the Empire State Building, mm-hmm. biblical counseling is an opportunity to care um, for the broken um, and for the wandering and for the suffering um, and uh, just for those who um, are are um, maybe even disillusioned with yeah. with Christianity, those struggling with mental illnesses, um, those struggling from a broken past, uh, a dark future, um, just a tremendous amount of fear, whatever it may be that they're bringing into um, the church and our lives as a church uh, to be able to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ and all that that means, mm-hmm. not just your sins are saved, but you have a savior who cares for you. Um, you have, you are equipped. You're, you're where the church is actually equipped. We could go to a few passages, but the church is actually equipped to care for one another. In fact, it's a calling of the church. Yes. Yeah. So what would you say either of you, what would you say the Bible says uh, about counseling? When you think of, these are some good passages that I think, uh, we've already mentioned a few, but maybe there's others. These are some good counsel, these are some good passages that maybe speak directly to counseling or they're a good, they're a good example of counseling taking place. Uh, the Bible does use that word counsel uh, from time to time. So what passages would you, either of you, uh, go to? I guess the first one that jumped to my mind in terms of theoretical framework would be Second Timothy. The God's word is profitable in the older version, doctrine, reproof for correction, yeah. instruction. And it's covering the gamut. It's it all that we need so that we recognize I can look to God's word for help. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to come up dry. It may not come up the way I might like it to, or it may not say things that I want it to, but it's it's there that it will help us in our journey. And even like Second Peter, right? Uh, he's granted to us, given to us all things that we need for life and for godliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get that through the knowledge of him, through the gospel. That's what he's saying there. Uh, through the gospel, he's given us everything we need to journey through through life. Um, and just just for those who are listening, just so you know, we're gonna do a few weeks in uh, in biblical counseling. So we're gonna we're gonna get into um, even some some discussion about you know where does counseling in the world fit? Uh, what's you know what's the difference between biblical and and Christian counseling or clinical counseling and biblical counseling? We're gonna talk about that stuff as as weeks go on. So we may not share it all right here right now, but that is coming. Um, David, would you add anything to to where you would go in the Bible when you think of biblical counseling. Yeah, I mean, there's there's passages like uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 14, my brothers and sisters, I myself am convinced about you that you are full of, or that you are full of goodness, 
filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. So the Lord has equipped God's people to care. And sometimes we think of biblical care and counseling um, where it's someone else will look after it because someone is more capable. And a passage at the end of Romans, so you're in Romans 15, 16, and so you've just, you've just been flooded with the gospel yeah. and the beauty yeah. of the gospel and the struggle of the gospel in Romans 7 and you know the height that we will never be let go in Romans 8 and all of this. <laughs> and near the end in Romans 15, it says these three things. You're full of goodness. You're filled with all knowledge and you're able to instruct one yes. another. And sometimes that's what we need to know. Um, by God's spirit, uh, you are able to instruct uh, one another and care for one another. And we think, um, I, I've, you know, over the years I've heard many people say, um, and it's not to, we still need those who care for us very specifically, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. counselors or whoever it might be, but a lot of the, a lot of, um, healing has taken place within the community of Christ. Yes. We just undervalue that. We do. And uh, like someone, I, and I know um, in Acts, we, we finished, at, or yeah. we're in Acts and, you know, Barnabas and Barnabas is an, an encourager. And his encouragement was in uh, Acts eleven twenty three encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. Yeah. Is that that's just such a powerful word of encouragement to remain true with devoted hearts. We can remain true, but our hearts aren't, you know, devoted. We're wandering or whatever it might be, or we're having trouble remaining true. Um, And so the encouragement is whatever we might be going through, whether it's mental illness, whether it's relational battles, whether it's just a brokenness from a past, um, we need the encouragers to uh, come along and say, mm-hmm. I, I just, let's talk about how to remain true with a devoted heart and what that specifically means in your circumstance. Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing conversation. Mm-hmm. So someone who has brokenness in the past, whether it be abuse or, you know, like abuse in relate a marriage relationship, whatever else it might be. Um, how, how can you remain true in your specific circumstances with a devoted heart? And what does that look like? And you combine that with Romans 15 and talk about goodness and being able to instruct one another. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good Tim Hortons conversation. That's a good Starbucks yeah. conversation. Uh, and a lot of healing takes place when, when somebody knows you, knows your circumstances, like Byron said, you've been able to open up in your brokenness and encourages you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go back into my broken world seeking to remain steadfast with a devoted heart mm-hmm. because of um, the work of God in my life and because I'm loved by, by others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barnabas really does give us the, this picture that, uh, that as church members and as we're journeying with one another, just in, just in life um, that we have this opportunity to really counsel counsel one another, encourage one another. And, 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 and as you were just explaining there, um, so, so counseling does, doesn't just happen in a, in in, a formal office, in in a formal, it's, it it happens in the conversation that you have. It could be after the service on Sunday. It it could be, um, you're talking with somebody and, and they're weeping over the loss of a, 
of a loved one or whatever it is. I mean, those are moments of, uh, to be a Barnabas, to be yeah. an encourager, to be just a nice, good, kind, yeah. generous person to that person in that, in that moment. Yeah. I um, think, I think in Acts 11, like this is the, this is the Antioch church. So this is the first time it's mentioned. Mm-hmm. And you think of all the gifts that could have been recognized in the Antioch church in Acts 11 and the one person that's chosen yeah. it, because Saul yeah. showed up a little bit later. So you could, he, he could have recognized Saul's teaching or whatever else it mm-hmm. was, but he pulled out Barnabas yeah. in the, in the Gentile church in the Antioch, Antioch church. And he said, here's a man who knows how to encourage others, man. I would have been grabbing like that's, the healers and the people speaking uh, in tongues. Exactly. And- <laughs> Exactly. It's like but, this guy, well, he's, just, yeah. he's just a nice guy. Like, and, and if you, when we think about counseling, we think about, sometimes we think about the extreme cases, mm-hmm. but, and, and while there are people in the extreme cases and, you know, we pray for them and we trust yeah. they get the help they need. A lot of people live in the less extreme yes. and almost in the ordinary brokenness. Yeah. And um, there is so much encouragement that people need. Mm. It, it is amazing. Like sometimes you just say one small thing to a person, a, a one small word of encouragement, and they hang on to that for the entire week um, because they haven't heard an encouraging word in their marriage for the last, whatever, five oh, yeah. years or yeah. 10 years. Wow. And you just, um, you, you just say, I, you know, steadfast, devoted heart. Mm. And, it just, it lifts their spirits. You think of parents with children, like how often do we just encourage our children Yeah, and, and say, um, you know, I, like, I love you. Um, you are so gifted in this. And, um, I just want you to know that I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. And that word of encouragement goes a long way. It does. And that's, that's how it looks like as the church journeying with one another, another good book that really helps with that is, um, Ed Welch's little book called, what is it? Eight simple principles of caring for one another. Uh, I forget. What's the little green one? I don't know. Yeah. That was another book you told us to read in the class. (laughs) 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 Uh, Teasing you. (laughs) No, it's actually, uh, we will, uh, we'll get some information on that book, but if you just Google it, Ed Welch and, um, caring for one another, he goes through the one another's, um, in, in scripture and, and just talks through like, this is how you care for somebody else that's a believer in the church. And a lot of that really, if you think about it, it's, it's exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. right here. So that's how you do it with a member. We're going to close with this question. Um, Byron, as a pastor, what does, what does biblical counseling look like? Does it look the same? Does it look different? That's a good question. When David was sharing his background, I was reminded of mine. We didn't have biblical counseling training. Um, We didn't have counseling training, period. Um, So it was something that you recognized, hmm, I'm lacking here. And that process of just trying to learn and to care for people Mm -hmm. continues through life. I can't say that I am experienced at all. Um, I certainly want to help people. Um, But the whole area is one that I've got lots and lots of room for growth. So I can't really add anything there. That's great. 
Well, I appreciate the conversation today, gentlemen, and look forward to the next few weeks as we as we continue this journey of discussing biblical counseling. So make sure you you check back with us next week. Uh, we are going to talk about the place of biblical counseling and care in my life. Today was about the church. Next week, it's in my life. And then the following week, uh, we're going to get into some more uh, other details about biblical counseling. Thanks, Tyler. God bless. Hey, hey.